0: On today's show, the US Department of Justice just settled with Swiss bank UBS for $1.4 billion for their role in the 2008 financial crisis. Rumor has it that the settlement negotiations took so long because the Swiss bank used the famous Swiss army knife defense, always using a different tool To keep the justice department at bay for 15 years you're listening to the crowd effect i am your host paul lovejoy activist investment advisor at stakeholder capital in 2008 i was a defrauded investor the perpetrator doug swenson the bernie madoff of boise idaho did go to prison but i was left financially ruined I have since opened up an investment advisory firm with a mission to protect the general public from financial abuse by offering advice and strategies on investments that actually fix our broken financial system while offering risk-adjusted market returns. How is this possible? Let's find out. Last week, Swiss bank UBS agreed to pay $1.435 billion to settle civil claims brought by the United States Department of Justice for its role in the 2008 financial crisis. The Department of Justice's investigation found that UBS had failed to disclose to investors that many of the mortgage-backed securities it sold were backed by subprime mortgages which are loans made to borrowers with poor credit. UBS also allegedly misrepresented the quality of the underlying mortgages and the likelihood that they would default. The UBS settlement is a significant development as it is the final case brought by the Department of Justice Working Group that was formed to investigate the conduct of banks and other institutions for their involvement in creating and issuing mortgage-backed securities. This settlement brings the total amount of civil penalties paid by financial institutions to $36 billion for the issuing of these toxic mortgage-backed securities. The $36 billion is not the total amount of all penalties that banks and other financial institutions paid, though. This amount only relates to the mortgage-backed securities. The most recent account I found was a report published in April of 2019 by Better Markets. The report found that all the penalties for all of the unethical and exploitative behavior by banks related to the 2008 financial crisis totaled $154 billion. But that's just from the six largest U.S. financial institutions that took bailout money. If we include foreign and smaller banks, as well as non-banks like the investment rating firms and loan servicers and the recent penalty from UBS, our total jumps up another 24 billion, bringing our grand total to $178 billion in penalties. The crazy thing is, is I'm not 100% certain that I included all the penalties related to the 2008 crisis. I am confident that the $178 billion is a fantastic estimate. The reason why I'm not 100% on this is because there are nine different federal financial service industry regulators. There's the Federal Reserve, or the Fed, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, the federal finance housing agency the u.s department of housing and urban development or hud the national credit union administration the office of the comptroller of the currency the commodities futures trading authority the security and exchange commission or the sec and the consumer financial protection bureau plus There's also the non-governmental financial industry regulatory authority bringing the total to 10 regulators. There are even more regulators at the state level, but we're gonna leave those alone for now. All of these agencies have the power to penalize financial institutions. However, when these authorities have exhausted their capabilities, the Department of Justice steps in which is what happened with many of the penalties, including this most recent and apparent final penalty of the Swiss bank, UBS. $178 billion is a lot of money. And for me, it begs the question, are these penalties an effective deterrent? The lawyers who collected half a billion dollars towards the Department of Justice's fund certainly think so. After the settlement was finalized against UBS, the lawyers all issued their self-congratulatory statements. Here's one. The settlement represents accountability for these entities and individuals who mistakenly believe themselves to be above the law, stated U.S. Attorney NDGA Buchanan. UBS's conduct in this case played a significant role in causing a financial crisis that harmed millions of Americans. The scope of the settlement should serve as a warning to other financial institutions, both large and small, of the significant penalties that can result when corporations misrepresent vital information to investors and undermine trust in our public markets. We are thankful for the collective efforts of our partners at the U.S. Attorney's Office for blah, 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 blah. (sighs) I look at these press releases every day related to consumer financial abuse. And these agencies all say the same, let this be a warning message. Well, what does the data say? Let's take another look at the report from Better Markets the six largest financial institutions receiving bailout money have collected an additional $14 billion in penalties through 2019. Since 2019, the financial service industry has collected around $65 billion in penalties. I sourced this information from the Violation Tracker Project. When we look at the all-time most penalized corporations, it's no surprise that five of the six companies that operate in the United States are big banks. It appears that all these penalties haven't been a deterrent at all. Kathleen Engel, a research professor of law at Suffolk University, says it best. The biggest flaw with financial penalties is that they may not be a deterrent if the money a company can make by not obeying the law exceeds the size of the potential penalty. She then points to how Wells Fargo has been hit with over 100 penalties in the past decade. Let's take a look at this latest $1.435 billion penalty from UBS. According to a CNBC investigation, this figure is nearly the same as the value of the residential mortgages it originated from 2005 to 2007. Now, Let's say that the $1.435 billion fine is approximately what UBS made off these toxic securities. If we take this money and invest it with a 5% return with compounding interest through 15 years from 2008 to present, it comes to over $3 billion. UBS just merged with the failing Credit Suisse Bank a few months back in a too-big-to-fail deal, giving it a 30% market share in Swiss banking. It appears that these penalties are just a cost of doing business in the financial service industry. Our financial system is broken. The problem is we can't hit them with a big enough fine where it will really hurt because it would put them in jeopardy of failing, and they're too big to fail. These banks prop up our entire economy, and all of the financial service regulators are only treating the symptoms and not treating the root cause. Now, many of us have thought about how corporations are designed with a corporate bottom line that looks out to maximize profits for their shareholders. And every three months, publicly traded corporations issue a quarterly report. If the report looks good and profits are up, then the stock price goes up and everyone is high-fiving and big bonuses. However, when the report looks bad, the stock price goes down Then shareholders can legally get company executives and ceos fired this creates an enormous pressure on the executive team to consistently increase profits every three months which inevitably leads to unethical behavior then the firm gets regulated making the company more expensive to operate further increasing the pressure to increase profits from where i'm standing the pressure to constantly increase profits every quarter is the root problem of unethical and exploitative behavior with our financial institutions, and no amount of regulation can fix this. Banks should be regulated and fine. These firms must be held accountable for their actions. The root cause is how these institutions are designed in the first place. Having a legal obligation to increase profits in the short term. What if there was a way to design a financial institution to look out for all stakeholders? A company's employees and customers, their vendors and suppliers, shareholders and investors, the environment the company operates in, the communities it serves, all stakeholders. What if there was a way for the general public to democratically design a company and become a part owner in doing so. We now all have that opportunity. There is a growing movement of companies that are designed differently, companies that do not have this pressure to constantly increase profits above all else, that instead holds the view that it is in a business's own long-term self-interest to have a bottom line to all stakeholders because of Regulation A-plus and regulation crowdfunding that went into effect in 2016, for the first time in history, anyone over the age of 18 with a U.S. bank account who has an extra $10 can now fund a small business, a social enterprise, or a startup company that values positive social and environmental impact. This is a way to be the change by building wealth ethically in a way that fixes our broken financial system. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know the three secrets to ethically build wealth through private market crowd investing, go to stakeholdercapital.net.